Welcome to episode 34 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. What a hell of a week of wrestling uh, between the AEW Dynamite Show and WWE TakeOver and WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame. You couldn't fall out of a boat and not hit a wrestling match this week. (laughs) Um, We have a lot to get to. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to cover... NXT TakeOver Night 1 and Night 2, and WrestleMania Night 1. But stay with us. Thursday, we'll be dropping our bonus episode of Keep the Kayfabe of WrestleMania Night 2. But before we get to all of that good stuff, let's introduce the boys real quick. Up in Glendale, someone who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? This is my brutality! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my God. I can't wait to talk about that song. <clears throat> performance. That was very good, Steve. Did you chug some gravel before you uh, <laughs> threw that impression down? No, I just the bar was so low. I, I mean, I just kind of <laughs> went with it. <laughs> I like it. Well done. All right. Let's go down to Bayview. Someone who keeps it freshly squeezed, Mr. Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? Welcome to Keep the Kayfabe. <laughs> Nice. Good to hear from you, Vince. That was a very nice, endearing message to the fans that you gave on WrestleMania night one. We can get to that later on. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, great. <laughs> You're <All fired>. right. <laughs> Let's stay down in Bayview. Talk to my guy. Oh, my God. It's Charlie Michael. Welcome to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> the one up you. Yeah, everybody's oh. nice. yep. Dude, must, something must be in the in the air because usually I do my uh what up, what up, and I just did welcome probably just because it was WrestleMania week, it just felt right. Yeah. So, yeah, Such a I'm liking week. it. Well, yeah, boys, what a week we had of wrestling. Um, we we had the Hall of Fame that was pretty good, and then right on Wednesday, we had NXT take over night one. And if you listen to our preview show of our takes on uh, NXT TakeOver, it was slotted to be pretty entertaining. And I got to say, night one of NXT TakeOver was pretty awesome. One of the reasons being Ciampa and Walter. This probably stole the show of night one. It was highly anticipated. We had very mixed feelings on who would come out on top with this one. Some were uh, with Walter, some were with Tommaso Ciampa. But uh, boy, was I amped to see this one. Ciampa comes out freshly bald, shaved head now, loving it, looking crisp. He's kind of got like a little leather steampunk look to it. Somebody in um, wardrobes definitely working with him. It's a little different. I'll get used to it. But uh, he is looking good. Walter comes out very intimidating. Um, We knew it was going to be hard hitting. We didn't really know how it was going to go. Um. Without getting into too much details, what were your reactions 
uh, to this uh, match. Anybody want to start us out here? Mike, I actually thought of you when this match started because I know you're the body guy on the podcast. And my <laughs> God, when Champa came out, he was shredded like Stallone and Rocky Four. Like it was incredible mm-hmm. the physique he brought to the game. I and you know what blows my mind is I feel like and I we've seen Champa do this before during his feud with Johnny Gargano. He can just turn it on when it comes to I need to get in shape for a match in a week. Yep. And somehow he'll drop. 10 pounds of fat gain 10 pounds of muscle. And then he just appears on takeover. It's incredible. The other thing is Animal. just his work rate in this match. My God, I, I'm pretty sure that's what made this match of the night was it, there was a spot in the match specifically that still sticks with me where he had to have clothesline Walter, what, like 10 to 15 times, just yes. running back and forth in the ring. Like clearly his cardio is through the roof. I think that's, it did two things. One, it made Champa just seem like this amazing, like super fit beast. But at the same time, it made Walter feel like this unconquerable monster that just could not be messed with. So yeah, yes. it, just overall, this, this was a fantastic match. A lot of great spots in it. I think Champa did the best job of any of Walter's challengers that we've seen to date of making it seem like he could beat Walter. But ultimately at the end of the day, that's never the case. Cause let's face it. You can't beat Walter. He's unstoppable. Right. Yes, Walter did end up winning this match. For a second there, I thought Champa was going to uh, pack up the famine, head over to jolly old London uh, to be the NXT champ. But boy, uh, it was a seesaw battle. Charlie, did you have any reactions on this one? Oh, yeah, I thought it was a great match. Like you said, I thought he was going to win it, had a chance to win it. But I think they made the right choice of uh, keeping it on Walter, making him look strong. Mm -hmm. And it was a good match. Champa looked great. It's just... uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was killer. Right. Yep. Yeah, I think it's arguably to me the match of the week. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I think it. it's the match. I think so, it's the match of the weekend. Uh, Walter is just like a he's like a video game boss. He uh mm-hmm. you just I mean it's like Chapa would put him down a little bit or, or have him on the ropes, but ultimately he would just keep bouncing back like he had the second life or he like popped an energy pill or something. Like and it's just, it's unique how he does it. Cause it's like, he can counter anything and it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's, it seems like at the wrong person, it would be almost like, you know, like how people didn't like uh, super Cena or super reigns, but with Walter, it's different. Cause it's just believable. He's so yeah. vicious. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I could watch his matches all day long. He is so just realistic. Look at his brutality. And um, yeah, right. that was, that was such a great match. And um I don't know what the future holds for Walter, uh, but I think he's he's like a unsung hero in that whole franchise. I know in our preview show, we had talked a little bit about this match. Um, and I think, I don't remember who all predicted it, but I know, I, I remember that I had said, I think Champa was going to win it because there was just so many different too. things they could yeah. do with Champa if he were the NXT UK champion and moved over to that brand for a while, just because he's done everything he can in NXT proper. Um, but... I stand corrected because just based on the outcome of this match, it made Champa look amazing in defeat. Like he's immediately a top contender again and could be the next challenger for the NXT championship. So I think this match definitely pulled a swerve on me, but it opened up a storyline that I hadn't really thought about, which is cool to see. Well, I hope they don't make him the next challenger because he's going to have to job the carrying cross. They're going to keep that on him for a while. I bet because he lost it. He lost an oven injury, so I think they were 
they were going to run with him anyway, and I think they're going to run with him. Oh, they're so. doing their run, man. Yeah. 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 So he's not, I, yeah. I think, yeah, Ciampa is going to – I think this is the story that NXT wanted to tell before Karrion Cross had that shoulder yeah. injury. Had, because pairing Ciampa with Thatcher for that long just made no sense. It was uninteresting. I think he kind of phoned it in a little bit himself, grew his hair out, didn't really care. But yeah, um, nothing to do, yeah. Yeah, Karrion Cross versus Ciampa I think is coming. I think the real victory of this match too was – I don't know if you guys noticed it – uh, Walter rolled up uh, Champa for a pin and basically didn't have any hands or feet on the ground. Walter putting his full weight on Champa and Champa was rolled up where his neck had to have held all of that weight. And Champa having that neck injury thought maybe we'll never wrestle again, come back and give that type of match and have the strength uh, to hold him up it was just I, I was like cringing at the thought but thank god he's okay but um, I mean that's the real victory we saw it kind of all weekend a lot of great comeback stories coming up huge and um, yeah it's just great to see I'm just happy to see Ciampa back in his prime and uh, speaking of prime Raquel Gonzalez is primed uh, to go on a run with a women's championship. I've stated last time that I thought EO might've been in some trouble. It's been a year that she's been carrying around the belt. We had a really, really good women's match. Uh, it just seems like they really want to put the belt on Raquel. Maybe yeah. they want to bring EO up, start working a little bit on the main roster, but um, yeah, guys, did you get a chance to see uh, the changing of the belts to Raquel? I did. Yeah. This was also a really solid match. Um, you know, it's interesting when Raquel first started out as a bodyguard, her moveset was pretty limited. I think she's really improved in ring over the course of the last year, at mm -hmm. least from what I've seen with her matches. Very um, quickly, too. Yeah, that was really what caught me the most off guard in this match. Now, going into it, you know, she's six feet tall. EO is not that. She's maybe five feet tall. So it was a true David versus Goliath match when you saw these two paired up against each other. Uh, in terms of timing, I think it was about the right time for Io to drop the belt. She's mm -hmm. gone up against yep. every woman in that division. Raquel's a believable monster that could beat Io, and she did. Um, overall, I thought this match was really good. It wasn't great, but I was comfortable and confident and happy with the result. I agree. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, it wasn't like a lights out match, but it was solid. And this is as it as you'd expect. Yeah, and I think Raquel's got a bright future. Um, I'm a little worried. What was that? Oh, go ahead. I'll jump oh. it after you're done. Yeah, no, I was just going to say I'm a little worried about EO. I don't know where she goes from here. I hope to God she doesn't go to the main roster, but I'm, I'm worried sure she, she will. Might, yeah. I just don't see a bright future there. Kabuki yeah. Warriors 2.0. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean they, they blew Kyrie, they blew Kyrie Sane. Um, I don't, I still, even though, even despite everything, don't think they've done Asuka justice on the main roster. One um, one main that. roster match I would love to see is Io Shirai versus Shane McMahon in a high spot contest. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would yeah, that'll put butts in seats. <laughs> I'll pack them in the I had them hanging off the rafters, brother. They're hanging off the rafters. Charlie, what do you think of this one? Uh, it was okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think um, we'll see how it goes, but I don't think. Either the women's champ or the or Karen Cross are that interesting. No, we'll see. I, I, we'll see. I agree. We'll see where it goes, but I don't. I, I don't see them as. I, 
I feel like I've, title holders. I feel like I've missed something with Karrion Cross because yeah, I feel like I'm supposed here. to be more compelled by him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm not. It's like, okay, cool. Now I see yeah. why he was in TNA or for a while. You know, he was yeah, like, we'll get, he's a mid-card we'll get back guy. to Karrion Cross in a little bit because, yeah, I feel the same way. Um, but, Charlie, I'm on board with you. I think Raquel Gonzalez being the women's champ now, uh, it, it was the right decision on the night. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think though, going forward, you know, like like we just talked about, she's she's grown a lot over the last year in terms of ring ability, but Mm -hmm. she's still very green and putting exactly in the women's championship spot of one of the best women's divisions in pro wrestling is a risky move. So yeah, I hope that they have a plan in terms of what her reign's going to look like and how that's going to elevate the rest of the women's division. So we'll see. Yeah, she just didn't seem like when she won it. I was just like. It just didn't seem like she's ready to hold that belt. She just had that didn't have that look like cocky look, but we'll we'll see. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm questionable on it. I think um I think she'll be a responsible champion. I think she'll take it seriously and not oh, like yeah. for her size, like compared to Nia Jax, who injures people left and right. Raquel Gonzalez is like a more responsible big monster woman. Uh, I think she she respects the the business a lot. She works hard. She tries hard. She's pretty good in high pressure situations. I think she'll grow. But um, yeah, right now, well deserved. She'll enjoy it. We'll see where it takes her. And uh, keep the kayfabe wants to congratulate MSK for winning the take team <laughs> titles uh, over the grizzled young veterans. And um, what's the other team's name? I can't even remember. Oh, Legato del Fantasma. Legato de Fantasma. No. MSK, si. what a bright future for these guys. They are fun to watch. They're energetic. They are hyped. Good for them. Well, three quarters of uh, Keep the Kayfabe is congratulating them. I refuse. Yeah, true that. Because the grizzled <laughs> okay. young veterans should have won. Yeah, they're no. kind of getting dicked over. I, Steve, I, I was actually going to chime in. I agree with you. Well, and of course I do. We're best friends. That's what we do. But, but <laughs> to give on the, the night, give them what they want. Hug. Yeah, I, I was honestly surprised to see MSK win this match. I could have sworn oh, it was I knew they were veterans. No. Because just think of the storyline potential. Having a heel tag team with that level of skill holding the belts, it just opens the door to so many good tag matches going forward. Um, now on the night, you know, granted MSK winning, it, it wasn't what I expected, but it was still a cool result and they definitely deserve a championship spot at some point. Um, I don't know if, and I'm getting a little bit ahead here because I think on night two, MSK did a backstage interview segment, um, and just looked like complete dorks. Like it <laughs> yeah, was so yeah, yeah, kinda, over the top WWE scripting. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. immediately turned me off to them as champions, which is really unfortunate because this match on night one was fantastic. There's been a couple of times they had them looking like dorks like that, you know. They'll be dancing and uh, they'll be like the new day 2.0 on the main roster one day. Never know. Street, uh, <laughs> kind of path like the Street Profits, too. They'll yeah. they'll read whatever script is put in front of them. Yeah, for sure. But congratulations to them. Let's uh, move on the night two of NXT. Uh, we mentioned a little bit about Karrion Cross already. I'm with you guys. He's not my main focus when that music hits. It is what all is Scarlet Bodo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was teeing TikTok. that one up for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
That's and uh, I was excited to see what Scarlet uh, uh, Scarlet Bordeaux would be wearing for ah. NXT Takeover, and when her man is in the ring to go for the championship. And I got to be honest, I was a little disappointed. They she had like this pointy uh, spikes coming out of her head, kind of, and in her hair and on her body, kind of threw me off a little bit. But she is crazy when she starts singing that uh, intro music. And uh, doing those crazy uh, faces, she is committed. And <laughs> for her uh, hamster-faced husband, he is one lucky man. <laughs> he and his, um, what is it, man deer tattoo on his back. And uh, now he is looking like a, an extra from the movie Gladiator. Shout out Russell Crowe once again. Thanks for listening. It seems like, it seems like everybody in NXT is becoming like... Uh, the wardrobe that they're giving them is like extras in epic movies like Troy or Gladiator or something. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe they just had a surplus on um, leather. They got a good deal. Throw it on everybody. See what sticks. But um, yeah, Karrion Cross looked pretty cut. He looked good. But Finn Balor comes out. He's cut too. We knew this was going to be an athletic event. There's going to be a lot of bodies thrown around in this match. Um, I was confident that Karrion Cross would win. Karrion Cross did win. Finn Balor put up a great fight. And, uh, yeah, where does Finn Balor go from here now, would you say? You know, that's the million-dollar question. Um, I don't think Finn Balor has any desire to go back to the main roster because I think that's why he went back to NXT in the first place. I was really disappointed with this match. I, I think the result was obvious. I think we all knew carrying cross was probably going to win it. Yeah. Oh yeah. At the same time, Steve, you made a comment earlier, like about what is, you know, I don't really get the hype with carrying cross. So when he first broke out on the scene in NXT, his, his gimmick was more um, one of those guys where he didn't really do much, but when he did, it was impactful, right? Like he'd maybe do one or two things in the ring be devastating that'd be the end of it yeah um you know one of those guys that doesn't need to say anything he just stares at you and that's all he needs to do but in true wwe fashion over time you got to talk you got to do their formula of match and it just normalized him so now we're at this point where he's gone through an injury we've started to see a little more of his real life side and now he's back in the ring with finn balor so when this match actually starts it's like two normal wrestlers going at it, right? Um, this match to me did not tell the story of why Karrion Cross is a huge monster that's capable of beating Finn Balor because the entire match, Finn Balor was had the upper hand on everything Karrion Cross was doing. Karrion Cross would come out with a move. Finn Balor would counter it effortlessly every time for the whole match. Um, also, athletically, Finn Balor way outperformed Karrion Cross almost the entire match. I think when the match finally turned near the end where Karrion Cross got the pin, he did maybe two or three moves and they weren't anything special or devastating looking. They were very standard cookie cutter wrestling moves and somehow he gets the pin yet Finn Balor doing what two coup de gras and like a couple other signature moves he does wasn't able to get the job done. Like I, I don't buy it for a second. So yeah, the belt's on Karrion Cross, but they did not do a good job explaining or telling the story of why he's now this unconquerable heel champion. 
Yeah, I also heard like this is the most selling that Cross has ever done since he's been in NXT. The most he had to sell. Scarlett Bordeaux sells more than Karrion Cross. <laughs> she does. So is that the million dollar question? What what would he be without Scarlett Bordeaux? Would he be interesting? Hell no. I don't think so. I I think, I they, think his, his whole entrance and everything makes him. Yeah, for okay. sure. It's it's sort of like Bobby Roode in my mind. Mm. Yeah. In the ring, not interesting. Entrance, fantastic. And that yeah. got him all the way to the championship spot. Kind of like I think what we're seeing with Karrion Cross. So But I, I, I know, honestly think that Rude's a better worker. I agree. I think he yeah. I think down the road, maybe a year out from now, when we finally see Karrion Cross drop the belt and maybe get pulled up to the main roster, he's probably gonna follow the same path as Bobby Roode, where he ends up in a tag team with the Miz. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm um I'm not excited for Cross being the champ. Yeah, me neither. It, it, it's kind of a turnoff for me to um, watch NXT. Again, if I do tune in, it's all about Scarlet, baby. <laughs> well, the good thing is that they're on Tuesday nights now, so they might. Oh, true. Know, that. Might, we might be able to watch it, you know. Give I might it a give shot. It a try, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, not, give, it's definitely yeah. not what it was to me. So, yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of something not what it was, or something that we hoped it would be, the Kyle O'Reilly-Adam Cole match was set up to be something spectacular. An unsanctioned match between former Undisputed Era teammates Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, very familiar with one another, basically brothers. They've been wrestling one another for how long? 20 years. We're thinking it's going to be an amazing match. Um, I mean, the Ring of Honor boys, as Charlie mentioned before, uh, match started out pretty good. Crowd was hyped. And then it just they got going. slower. <laughs> it's like the train hit the brakes. And from Milwaukee all the way down to Chicago, you were cruising at two miles an hour. And when you finally got to the sh- Chicago, you were done. You were done with this match. It just went the same pace oh. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, what a what a I mean, they built this up for so long, too. Two months, it seemed like. And for this result, was pretty disappointing. Uh, boys, who wants to take the ball on this one first? I just, yeah, I just think it, it, went, it went way too long. They should have just had a regular match. They really didn't need the no-holds-barred. They could have just tore the tore it down with just a regular match. You know, um, uh, someone was saying, I forget who it was, but they said they should have just given them 25 minutes They'll tear it up in 25 minutes. They didn't need the 40 minutes to do all the things that they did. They could have just had a, a good match in the ring for um, 25 yeah. minutes. If you remember back to O'Reilly and um, and um, Finn, how good that match was. Yeah, you know they they could have had that caliber of match just in a smaller time frame without all the gimmicks and gimmicks and gadgets and all the other stuff. For it, sure. I mean, you know me, I'm a ring of honor, Mark, you know, I, and all those guys that came up, you know, I, I I mark out for them because I've seen them tear the house down. And I know they, they could have just tore the house down with a simple wrestling match, you know, without all the other shit, shit involved, you know, it was just, sometimes it's too much. Sometimes simple is better, you know, in my opinion on that. And especially in this case, uh, simple definitely would have been better because the other thing to keep in mind too is let's say these guys do have a street stick wrestling match for 20 minutes 
even if that match ends up being okay, you can always up the ante from there. You can always build and say, okay, well that didn't settle it. So we're going to up the stakes and have yep, next time. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. So instead they just shot for the moon and unfortunately they ended up on Mars. So um, much longer and further away from the moon. Uh, there were now that all being said, Mike, you made a really good point. Pace of this match. God, it was like the exact same pace for, it felt like an hour at least. It was like a 45 minute match, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something yeah. like that. I didn't, I haven't checked the official time, so I'm not sure what it was, but I believe it was 45 minutes. It felt longer than that, even. Um, some of the spots, even like the spot where Adam Cole spears Kyle O'Reilly through the stage, I didn't even pop for it, and, which is really sad because these guys worked their asses off to right? have some really amazing spots in this match. I, I think the issue was they leaned way too heavily on weapons and gimmick spots versus trying to out wrestle each other up to some point. Right. Because ultimately Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are both known for being these amazing wrestlers. And I think that's the one thing in this match we didn't get was any kind of wrestling. This could have been any two other wrestlers going at it and who knows, could have been even better depending on who it was, but yeah, it just, really took the wind out of my sails on this one, especially after seeing Karrion Cross and Finn Balor, you know, I was already a little bit deflated and then you have a 45 minute marathon right afterwards. So yeah, just the conclusion of night two was really sort of just tiring and just kind of waiting for it to end, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. It's like a rare NXT misstep where even yeah, NXT takeovers seldom have bad matches and it just, I don't know. Yeah. I think it was all the things that that can be done wrong, like weapons for the sake of weapons, dragging things out, false finishes up the to the nth degree. It's just I don't know. To me, it was all the it was all the aspects of hardcore matches I'm sick of put in one match because yep, it right. just was not. It just it just got to a point. I mean, I kind of I turned it on just as it started and. Um, kind of into it for a while and then i and i just there was like this unease and i'm just sitting there and i don't know it was charlie or somebody that initiated our chat or our texts that said something like is this going on too long do you yeah, guys yeah, think? It was me, and yeah. it just it verbalized what i had just been sitting there creeping in my mind of like god this could end any minute yeah i'd be okay and yeah. it just kept going and it went, it went another 10 15 minutes after you texted that yeah so um i don't know i think that was a rare NXT to me rare nxt complete misstep i didn't i don't care if i ever see that match again and i i think they could have done it in half the time with a regular wrestling match and been more compelling plus i mean kyle o'reilly is the one that won this match it would have been cool if Roderick would come out and be like you know what I'm taking you out now, Kyle, too, after all the abuse you did to Adam. I'm siding with Adam. They didn't even work that. It just kind of just kind of ended with no real anything to take away from it to further the story or anything. Just that's, so much build it for such a letdown, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's a really good way to put it. I think the one thing the story, this match was really lacking was more storyline elements between all this tension within the Undisputed Era, right? Like a run-in from Roderick Strong could have easily have let helped this match go you know, as long as it did, or at least given it a little more life for a little bit longer. Right. Um, and also just, you know, because a lot of these spots in this match, kind of like Steve, you were saying, just felt like spots for the sake of doing spots. Now, you 
couple that with some emotion or like hesitation by one of the guys like, Hey, is this taking it too far? You know, things like that, just to kind of help tell the story a little bit more. Otherwise it was like a 45 minute match on WWE 2K20, which is the worst WWE game for my understanding. So rightfully so. You you know, what's funny too, an observation I noticed is that um, like on that busted open nation, uh, facebook group that i think most of us are members on on twitter people cited this as like one of the best some people cited this as one of the best match of the of the week and all that are up there and i think honestly i think people have gotten so conditioned that adam cole and undisputed era and kyle o'reilly are so great that they mm-hmm. convince themselves that I, mean, I think no matter what that match was, no matter how that match happened, people were going to rank that as one of the best matches of the week. Because mm-hmm. sure. if you're really being critical, that was, yeah, I don't see how people can say that was up there. They can say that they wrestled for 45 minutes and they put their, their bodies on the line for that long. And therefore just the length of time makes it one of the best. I think they're um, misinformed. Yeah, drinking too much of the juice. Yeah, but I think um, they, yeah, giving too much credit to guys that are normally outstanding. True. Well, hopefully they redeem themselves. Maybe they'll want another shot at it. We'll see what happens uh, coming up this summer. They'll, their next takeover will probably be before SummerSlam. So there's a lot of uncertainties in NXT. And now on Tuesday nights, you can tune in, catch up on Peacock afterwards. Yeah, see what's popping in NXT. Uh, we're going to stick with the WWE uh, brand here and go to WrestleMania. <laughs> Vince McMahon kindly graced us with his presence uh, in a tumultuous environment of uh, down in Tampa with a big storm. I wasn't really sure if it was going to start on time. These, these fans have been waiting a whole year to get back down the Raymond Jane stadium to see this show. Vince, Made it sound like he really cared about the fans for a minute there. I remembered uh, like he or for a minute there, I thought like, yes, he's being a good guy. He's addressing the crowd nicely. But then it just it all came back to me that he just shedded, you know, over 100 or so some odd employees to make bank during COVID. You know, it was a nice gesture to come out there and address the fans, in my opinion. Good for him. He's looking he's looking all right. Uh, Everybody was socially distanced on the mm-hmm. ramp, which was responsible too. Good for the optics. Not in the uh, crowd, but... though. I don't, not, <laughs> dude, not in the crowd <laughs> at all, dude. I know. I know. And then uh, right when it was time for the show to begin, what do they do? They take a break. These, I mean, for a fan that has been wanting this, traveled so long, waiting, uh, and then for a break, I would be devastated, so pissed. Um, and then, yeah, to do the socially distance things, then they're asking them to leave their seats and go up to the concourse and congregate in shelter, which was just like, oh, what a disaster. It's just like, whatever. Show goes on. It's not like uh, the Blue Blazer died or anything, but um, it's still bad. Sorry. Sorry, Owen. But um, I just hope everybody got out of, out of there okay and um, is still safe and uh, did not contract any uh, corona. But um. To start off the match, uh, it was the women's tag match. It was decent. Natalia, Tamina won. Uh, there was a bunch of botches in this match. Um, I don't know if we really want to touch on it too long, but I was kind of um, happy for Natalia 
She's kind of like the matriarch of that women's division. I'm glad she got her shine. Tamina's, you know, she's pretty good. She's not bad. And um, yeah, they would take on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And you can hear that on our bonus episode dropping on Thursday of our wrap up on that. Did you guys have any quick takeaways about Natalia and Tamina winning this uh, gauntlet style match? Yeah, it was a way to get a lot of women on the show. Right. Um, Which they typically do. Yeah, it's I mean, it's hard. It's really hard to talk about this without playing the cards for night two. <laughs> Let's I'm right. trying to I'm trying to compartmentalize them in my brain and just say that yeah, it was a good I mean I, I personally would have rather seen Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan like continue that Same. continue all the way to victory. But uh no, I mean I like the idea of two veterans that have been doing it for a long ass time kind of getting their due. Mm-hmm. Um Tamina definitely got like a good crowd reaction, which is nice. I mean, she's kind of she's kind of been there for way long and kind of isn't the most exciting normally, but but it's nice to see that you know people were getting into this team. Yeah, I agree. I so I, I actually watched night one of WrestleMania and night two for that matter uh, after the fact on demand, and this was actually one of the matches I skipped. So unfortunately, I don't really have a whole lot of insight <laughs> to add here. Um, no but, problem. Based on night two, I did find out who won, but I agree with you. I think Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, just from the few moments I did see, there was a lot of other competitors in this match. The, the just the women's tag team division in general with WWE, I feel like, is so much of an afterthought because you have all these female tag teams naturally, like the Riot Squad, who just you know, it's right there in front of you. You have these tag teams ready made, yet we continue to push these oddball pairings of women in the tag team mm. division. So I I don't know. Ultimately, I, I personally was kind of glad to see Natalia and Tamino get the win, um, which we'll talk more about in night two why. But yeah, that was my take. Yeah. I think like if you're in a tag team in the women's division, they might just point blank ask you like, why are you in the WWE? Are you here to wrestle or are you here to become an actor or a model? Like, what is your intention? You know? And I feel like some, I mean, look at all the stars that the WWE has produced as far as Hollywood goes and pop culture. It's a great launch pad. So honestly, Oh, I actually messed up. I'm sorry. Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre started out. <laughs> it is funny to me because that was infinitely more interesting than the match we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah. uh but that's all right. We talked about the uh the yeah, I think it just speaks to the like lack of direction with women's tag team wrestling and women's wrestling on the main roster. But yeah, right. let's get to the good stuff. Yeah, so Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre have a great, great match buildup. Um, the Hurt Business dissolves. Drew McIntyre drops the belt. Um, I mean, Bobby's looking great. He's in his prime. Drew McIntyre's looking great in his prime. He finally has fans. I could have bet the farm yeah. thinking that Drew McIntyre would have won this match, oh, drops yeah. the belt so he can regain it in front of fans, just like COVID never happened and our life can go on and he can have his moment. But turns out, Bobby Lashley retains the championship, which is pretty awesome, I think. Great swerve to this, lead off the show. This blew my mind. The end yep, of the same here. I, I think the match in general was very, unfortunately, kind of forgettable. 
um, like the actual spots in the match at least were to me. I think it was a good way to mm-hmm. kick off the show because it, it is for a title, um, but it also doesn't set the bar too high, right? Like everything after it kind of builds and builds. It's not like they're coming out hot with the match of the night and then you're just kind of left with a bunch of mediocre matches afterwards. Um, I, I was surprised like you guys to see that Drew McIntyre did lose this match. I think the ending to the match was also kind of just whatever Bobby Lashley got Drew McIntyre in the full Nelson. I think Drew McIntyre ended up passing out. And then that was, that that was the end of the match. It was nothing special. The sequence leading up to it was also kind of underwhelming as well, which I think is part of the reason this match just to me was kind of like, Oh, okay. There was the swerve of Bobby Lashley winning, um, which kind of caught me by surprise. And it's interesting because now that leaves Drew, uh, more latitude to do some different things as well, which is going to be kind of cool. He, I think he needs a break from the title picture for a little bit and maybe to do something a little more purposeful with some interesting feuds or something like that. Who knows? Maybe he'll start coughing up black goo. We'll see. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hit a nerve with Charlie, I think, on that one. Yeah, no, it's just a shocker. It kind of got me wanting to pay attention to the show for that. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't. I did not expect that. Maybe um, maybe this show is going to be pretty good after all. I mean, that's what it kind of did. It kind of sucked me into kind of paying attention to it more because For sure. they threw they threw a curveball at me, and then they yeah. then they threw a straight fastball down the middle of crap on Tuesday on the second night. But that's another that's another podcast and another day. But <laughs> but sure. yeah, I thought it, I thought it was good. I'm glad they kept it on them. I just like surprises and there was no really no reason to take that belt. When I mean, you think about it, there's no reason to take that belt off them. Actually, there was no reason even to break break up that hurt locker crew. They could have kept that crew together, made them a strong faction, have them drop it eventually, but I'm I'm glad he I'm glad he retained. He deserves it. Um and he looks he looks like a champ. He's got a good he's he can, he's got a good mouthpiece with um what's his face with them? MVP. Um, Yep, MVP with them. So we'll see where they go with it. Big time. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by yep. the, the result. Yeah, I think I think it, it, and I think it set a good tone. I think you kind of alluded to this, but it kind of gave you this like, oh, this isn't going to be your feel good only WrestleMania. Like what's coming up next might just be all around unpredictable. And um, yeah, I thought um, I empathize with uh, McIntyre because he didn't get his real WrestleMania moment last year because of no crowd. And I thought maybe they'd give it to him this year, but I, it's just, it's unfortunate for him because I, I agree. I think Lashley deserves it. I think he is your spitting image of a credible, awesome champion and he deserves sure. a meaningful run, not just being some placeholder. So some guy can have another WrestleMania moment. Um, so I hope they just keep going with Lashley. Um and- who knows where they're going with it? Hopefully, it's probably something predictable, like Brock Lesnar or something. But uh, um, I, yeah, Lashley, super happy that he retained. As am I. And something that was surprising too was this Cesaro Seth Rollins match. How surprisingly awesome it was! We didn't even do it, uh, touch on it in our prediction show last week. But um, I have always been a big fan of Cesaro. I mean, I've always liked Seth Rollins, too. I didn't like a lot of the characters that he's had to play and shit that's been written for him, but the dude can wrestle. I mean, if you put a guy in there with a capable wrestler with a good, you know, booked match, you're going to get a good result with these two. 
Um, Cesaro, like his new look. I mean, the dude's always in great shape. I don't even think he's even eaten a piece of bread in the past 20 years. Uh, there's not an ounce of body fat on the dude. He, uh, I mean, like this new helicopter spinny thing where it puts him on the shoulders and doesn't like, like he just holds him. It, it looks like a Russian circus move, but it's amazing. Like the dude is just amazing. I was so stoked for him that he beat Seth Rollins as you should. And I'm finally, um, th- this was the first singles match that Cesaro had where he was the winner. So yeah, good for him. He's due baby. And I want more Cesaro. Totally. Yeah. I, this match was just awesome in every way. And I think the biggest thing, Mike, just to kind of add on to what you said, like the spins were awesome. Cesaro just, he, he, he's incredible in the ring and it, you've always heard fans talk about this and the internet just always blows up every time Cesaro does something cool. And this match I think is proof of exactly why that's the case. I think what really put this match over the top and really made it work because I couldn't see it working otherwise is the fact that there was a live crowd in attendance really pushed these guys to do more than they probably would have otherwise. And, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying about the crowd and the fans being behind Cesaro, having that live crowd to kind of put him over as the face in this match and ultimately the winner, it it just worked in every way. So not really a title on the line or really a reason for this match that I know of. I mean, they did show a video package showing how, Seth Rollins had been talking and started this beef with Cesaro, but it was clearly contrived all done just to get this match here at WrestleMania, but I'm totally fine with it. This was awesome. This got me really interested in the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. For sure. Great mid uh, mid card match. I, I agree. Yeah. I think Cesaro deserved the moment. I'm curious, this, but not overly optimistic where they're going with this because I kind of feel like they're going to just feed him. He's going to be Reigns' next conquest or something like that. But you got to enjoy the moment while, while it is and that, you know, he beat Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. That, good for him. Moving right along, uh, your boy Omas and AJ Who's Styles. <laughs> That's Matt Michelson's boy. Uh, that is my boy. I believe last week... Matt even said, I love this guy. I still, I mean, he's fine in my book. He's fine. (laughs) He doesn't really do a whole lot. He's kind of propped up there, uh, you know, as a big man. Great. But uh, what'd you think of this one, guys? AJ Styles versus uh, and Omos versus uh, the New Day. Well, you know, I love this match. It's my boy. And of course, he and AJ picked up the win. Um, But no, in all seriousness, Mike, you're totally right. Like he's. He's more of an entertainment piece right now. In terms of wrestling, there isn't a whole lot there, but that's okay. You got to have some of that every once in a while. It makes things fun. Um, there was a this was a really good match, I think, given just that it was kind of a, a gimmick worked gimmick match, I would call it, because you have Omas who doesn't really have a lot of in ring experience, just kind of as this hovering threat. Like the whole story behind the match was, we're just kind of waiting to see Omas get in, get the hot tag right. Um, and everything building up to that was just building the suspense and, and it totally worked. 
Um, there was a couple moments in this match that made me laugh out loud. One of which was, I, I think Xavier Woods had put AJ Styles in some sort of a submission hold in the middle of the ring. And he's just standing in there and he and Kofi kept talking the whole time. And if you listen to what they were saying, it was pretty darn funny. Yeah. Like at one point, Xavier, and I, I actually took a note of it. He goes, look at us as a tag team. We are effectively cutting the ring in half. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. Like things that fans always talk about, you know, good tag teams doing and stuff. Yeah. Saying it sarcastically, but not really. Um, yeah, this match just made me smile, I think, more than anything else. I'm a man of two minds on this. One, I think it's kind of weird that like a team that never really paired up before gets a title shot at WrestleMania, but I guess you're supposed to dis- suspend disbelief because Rhea Ripley just demanded a title shot and got it. So, uh, yeah. Sometimes you got to work for it. Sometimes you just can get in there without any effort. But uh, that wasn't what this match was about, obviously. It was about the mystique of Omos. And, yeah, I think it was fine. I think, you know, AJ Styles could could be a credible tag team champion with just about any – with Gilbert. So, uh, <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, the, I'm interested to see where they go with this. I mean, yeah, I – the tag team situation in WrestleMania has never been great. So you might, or in, in WWE has never been great. So you might as well go with kind of these novelty things that are uncertain and kind of, you know, fresh. Another right. great thing that AJ Styles yelled during the match, once Omas was in the ring, uh, beating up Kofi and Xavier was kill Omas. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's having fun He's- with it. So he's an impressive guys, They were all having such a good time in this match. I think that to me is what made this so entertaining. Was it like a technically worked masterpiece? No, not by any means. But if you went into it with the mindset of, I just want to have a good time. This is the first live event in gosh, over a year with, you know, a notable crowd size. This match was great. I, I thought it was a fun time. Definitely. Definitely brought you back uh, what wrestling is, wrestling entertainment, sports entertainment. Uh, and that's what it was. Good. Uh, congrats, AJ and Omas. Let's see what you do from here. Um, let's stick with tradition and have Shane McMahon have a steel cage match and get paired up with Braun Strowman. I kind of feel really bad for Braun because he keeps getting – wrestlemania storylines that involve like the kids like the remote the role models for the kids like when he got uh the tag team champion with he just picked a kid out of the crowd and um that was his partner for wrestlemania it's just like come on man like give this guy a match and then now they're saying like shane mcmahon called him stupid once and now Braun Strowman is dedicating this to every kid that has ever been called stupid out there. So it just seems like they're using Braun as like this lovable, gentle giant that wants to get these hands. But anyway, despite all that, Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman in a steel cage. Uh, you know Shane is going to be jumping off of something high. That's just what he does. And honestly, God bless him. For 50 years old, that dude is basically butt chugging from the fountain of youth when it comes to taking wrestling bumps. I think this was probably the hardest wrestling bump that he's taken in wrestling. Yeah. That was a tough. Yeah. Because normally he, yeah, just kind of does a flip off of uh, a huge scaffolding, maybe into like a bunch of cardboard boxes or a mat. This is in an actual wrestling ring climbing on top of a 20 foot steel cage when there's been horrible weather 
rain, wind. Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah, damn. Yeah, I, dude. I it mean, anything could have happened. Yeah, anything could have happened, right? And he probably executed the best front flip from that height into the ring that he could for a 50 year old human being. The dude is amazing. The dude's a maniac is what he is. Um, but in the end, Braun did end up winning this match, but yeah, I got to take my head off to Shane keeps getting it done. Yep. He's a high spot daredevil. <laughs> it's funny. Ric Flair once, you know, uh, many years ago, criticized Mick Foley for being a glorified stuntman. Which she, you know, obviously then since retracted because Big Foley was so much more than that, is so much more than that. But that's, that's how I feel about Shane. He's just like a stunt man. Like, I don't know. I on the one hand, I agree. I give him props, the 51-year-old man that's doing all that. On the other hand, and he's if, I never, rich. If, I, if I never saw him wrestle again, that still would have been 10 times too many. I'm so sick of Shane McMahon. I was yeah. <laughs> I just it's just lazy to me. It's like they bring him out to do these things and it didn't do didn't do Braun any good. He doesn't get anything from winning oh. this. It didn't do, I mean, if, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to go on a rant, but I just, Shane McMahon just does nothing for me. And I, yeah, I think it, it's indicative of the lack of credible stars in the WWE that they have to keep trotting him out like every year to do his stunts. I think yeah. he wants it. I think he wants it. He's probably like, I'm sure he does. Yeah. adrenaline junkie it's his high Dude, yeah but you get not- yeah but he comes out and does this every year and like you know the the raw tag team champions Dolph Ziggler and um um Bobby Roode didn't even make the show this is how he gets his allowance money his trust fund <laughs> year after year from Vince it's you think true. he actually gets paid to do this when he goes out there I mean, he's already well, a sure millionaire. So. I'm sure he does. He's got to, for the kind of bumps he's taken. I mean, he can't do that for free. Yeah, he's, no. he's, contra- he's got a contract. It's probably a drop in the bucket, though, in what he actually makes. Probably. If, if, oh, sure. I got to believe he enjoys it to some degree. Because yeah. if Ric Flair's calling Mick Foley a glorified stuntman, Shane McMahon's over there going, hold my beer. Because everyone yep. comes out and does this shit. And... You you guys are all right. This was the hardest bump I think we've seen him take in some time. Um, I mean, there was the hell in a cell moment where he jumped from the top of the cell through the announce table, but you could tell the table was reinforced and there was some padding. I mean, they had planned for it with right. a wrestling ring. That's not really the case. Right. And no. even when Braun kind of sort of launched him, it was more of a voluntary front flip off the top. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, but he landed but, it perfectly. Oh, he landed it perfectly, but he got some hang time too. Like there Big was a time. moment where I was like, geez, how high up is this cage? It felt higher than a normal steel cage in these matches. But either way, we got our Shane McMahon high spot. We all knew it was coming. Braun Strowman finally gets the win over it. Um, I did I did appreciate there were two moments. One was where Braun reaches through the cage to grab Shane. That was kind of a cool. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. And then after the match, um, after Braun has won, he's kind of backing his way up the ramp and he looks into the camera and flexes and just kind of screams into the camera. And he looked jacked. And in that moment, I remember thinking they're totally going to use this shot for stock video footage. And sure enough, on night two, which we'll get to on a different episode. um, Yeah, you totally saw a recap of that. And that was one of the clips they used. So in true WWE style, you, you watch it for a couple weeks, you pretty much got it all figured out. 
Yeah. I don't think when's he when is he gonna stop? I think he, he wants when he becomes it. a paraplegic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was harsh. I take that back. It's okay. <laughs> None of us are peer paraplegic so we're not offended <laughs> let's move on to uh bad bunny and damian priest versus wow. miz and john morrison so this has gotten a lot of play the mm-hmm. miz somebody who never takes a risk uh, is paired with john morrison mr probably if i was to shape a wrestling promotion i would choose john morrison to be the guy that I build around. The dude is all about the business, puts everybody over the constant professional has done it all, seen it all. Um, You knew it was going to be, he's going to do his job. Damian priest. This is a huge moment for him getting paired up with bad bunny. Bad bunny is mad popular with the kids these days. I mean, he's got so many followers on Instagram, so many plays on Spotify. People love this guy. Dude's selling hella t-shirts. So basically, this is the biggest match of Damian Priest's life. But did we think Bad Bunny was going to wrestle as good as he did? I don't did, think so. Did we think Bad Bunny was going to wrestle? Yep, exactly. No. No. This is the shock I thought it was of the gonna weekend. Be like, I thought it was going to be kind of like Logan Paulish on uh, night two of WrestleMania. Bad Bunny, I know he respects wrestling a lot. Clearly. He's a big fan. But, um, man, guys, gals, if you haven't seen this match, go check out your boy Bad Bunny. And I think um, he did, really did the business proud because if you're just he a did. fan of his music, you're going to go and try to find it on YouTube or find a clip to see him do his thing if you're a huge fan of his. And who's his tag team partner? People are now going to know the name Damian Priest just for the pairing. And Damian Priest did a great job. Damian didn't wrestle probably in the first 10, 15 minutes of this match. It was all Bunny doing some work, getting worked over. Um, Probably the highlight of the match was uh, Morrison and Bunny were outside the ring and Bunny lays a Canadian destroyer. (laughs) Morrison, I mean, making the dude look great. Again, this is why I would build my company around this guy. He is freaking awesome. Hats off to John Morrison for putting over, you know, amateurs. Mike, the I just want to. Sorry, Mike. I just want to correct you real quickly. Um, yes, he did do a Canadian destroyer on the outside, but it's not called a Canadian destroyer when he does it. As Booker T told us later, it's a bunny destroyer. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> is nice. Go. Don't Fish do it on eggs. Easter. Don't do it on <laughs> Easter, bunny. Crush the eggs. Kids will cry. Yeah, boy. Is this the ultimate like? Um... I mean, I'll admit, I don't have a lot of, I didn't really know who Bad Bunny was before because I'm an old man. Um, I don't like his music. But, I, I know of him, but I, I still can't get into his music. I yeah. want to, but I can't. But I thought this was just going to be another eye-rolling, awful celebrity segment that, you know, you get why they do it so that gets mm-hmm. eyes on the product. But my God, nobody's talking, nobody's ripping on that guy now. He, um, I mean, you got veteran, you know, like Randy Orton, um Mick Foley you name it like these so these wrestlers that are like putting him over because he, he it wasn't like some it wasn't like Jay Leno or like uh somebody out there like yucking it up and like you know like kind of doing wrestling a disservice he right. took it seriously and looked legit I mean mm-hmm. holy yeah. crap I never never dreamt that was going to happen I think most people didn't think that was going to happen I, th- I think sure. part of it was so obviously his offense was incredible he's pulling out wrestling moves and doing them like he's been doing it for a long time but even his selling like I wouldn't say his selling was on the same level as a lot of the other guys but I think that's what made it 
good is it was more believable. Like, Hey, this is how I would feel if I actually had to take one of these moves. I think what the, my favorite part of this match was I got to see the Miz get shoot punched in the face multiple times. And they even showed it again in slow motion. I was just like, oh, yeah, was part of my well, soul. We, it's all, like it's that. what we've all wanted to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was so great. Loved it. Got to Let's give the a- people what they want. He had a badass intro too, coming in on that semi truck. That is like the album cover um, of his music. So I mean, it was just really good, a really great move on the WWE to get this guy. I mean, the dude had the twenty four seven belt on SNL. He's <laughs> trying to do, you know, he's a great ambassador. And I mean, he's in the, you know, in the Latin culture, getting that kind of crowd more eyes on the on the product. So great move. Uh, by the WWE and way to go bad bunny. Actually, I think it was Morrison that actually helped him out a lot with the training leading up as I read an article today um, for the training for that match. Wow. Hats off to John Morrison yet again, then he's the man. He was like in a movie. Oh yeah. Um, Oh, the John Morrison. Yes. I know. I know the movie you're thinking of. He, he plays a bounty hunter from like outer space or something. And I can't think of the name of the movie. Um, he produced it, wrote it, directed it and starred in it. So it's a totally homegrown project, but um, yeah, it, I, I still haven't seen it to this day. Definitely something I need to add to my list along with all the great Ric Flair steamboat matches from the eighties. I mean, I thought he um, killed, nailed it. Pleasant surprise, right? Yep. Was a great segue into the headline match of night one, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks for the women's SmackDown title. Um, We knew this was going to be a star-studded match. This was the match that I was most excited about. And um, I mean, after a great delivery um speech after royal rumble uh when at the royal rumble when bianca won it you can just tell how much of an awesome person she is and how just well deserving she is i i mean i don't think there's anybody that didn't want to see her headline uh this wrestlemania two women well established two great skill sets you know it's going to be great and she obviously got emotional in the beginning we all saw that freaking great to see uh, you love it uh, after the year that all of us have had no fans in the crowd. It's just got to be an overwhelming moment, especially when you know that you're going to take the strap off of somebody as great as Sasha Banks. I love to see the emotion fly like that, but the match itself was something spectacular. Uh, these ladies delivered in an uh, unbelievable fashion, incredible moves. I mean, Bianca Belair is so jacked. We knew that, but she pulled out some new moves that we'd never seen before when she basically got up from, I, at least I've never seen it, got up carrying Sasha Banks from like when she was on her knees outside the ring, got her up, bench pressed her, walked up the steps and like threw in the ring. That was amazing. So I guess many that, good spots. Yeah, I guess that was like an ode to Mark Henry. Ah, nice. Mm. Because Mark Henry was kind of, he found her and said ah. she should get into it. So I guess that was like a, little shout out to, to him nice. she's from texas right is is um, bianca from texas or where's she from or I atlanta i think so um i can't remember i think she's from beloit i'm kidding <laughs> beloit, wisconsin 
Yeah, she's from Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I know it's somewhere. I know, yeah, somewhere down south because she ran gotcha. track for um, for the University of Tennessee. And I oh, think, um, nice. yeah, and I think after she did that, she got into CrossFit, and that's kind of how CrossFit or powerlifting. That's kind of how Mark found her. And once mm-hmm. he saw her, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm really happy. To me, this was the match of the weekend, even though mm-hmm. the, I guess the the overall match of the weekend. The best match was Chapa and Walter, Walter, but about the match and the emotion and the crowd into it was this match because um, Clanchy, I remember the first time I saw her and I was like, wow, this chick's got a look, man. You know, you know, you see her with the abs and the body, the attitude, the hair, it was, you know, her attitude wasn't fake. It's kind of, you know, just, you know, just a sisterly sisterly attitude and you know just her shit her shit didn't stink and she was really good and like i remember telling my dad because he i think he was up for visiting the time i go hey you gotta watch this this girl russell this is like two years ago or whatever and i'm like she's she's got it man she's got the look she and i was really happy for her too i think we talked about it that um you know she can never beat shana and never get the nxt title man it was like so many times we thought she was going to get it and she never got it and then to finally get it on WrestleMania and be spot highlighted. I thought that was really cool, a special moment for her. It makes up for not getting an NXT title because she continuously got jobbed on that deal. And I was like, yep. I guess, you know, this is what they're talking about. I was emotionally invested yep. in her winning, which was cool. You know, even though, you know, it's fake, you're like, I hope they finally put it on her. You know, I hope, I hope they finally put it on her. I haven't felt like that much about someone winning a title since, um, when I was at a ring on a show, the Briscoe brothers were going for a title once. And mm-hmm. I was like, I kept jumping. It was like, it reminded me of when I was a kid getting excited for someone to win a match, you know? For sure. Yeah. That's what it's all That's about. Awesome. That is. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I, awesome. So uh, there's two thoughts I have in this match. So the first one, this might be a little controversial and I'm kind of curious. Oh, dun, dun, dun. So, um, you know, Mike, you mentioned in the beginning of this match, <laughs> Bianca becomes overcome with emotion. We see her kind of tearing up a little bit. Um, I I know in the past, WWE has tended to do this a lot, and it just kind of conveniently comes at these moments where they're trying to forcefully make history as part of their narrative. So I guess what I'm getting at is, I don't know if that was actually scripted or not. Um, just based on the history with WWE, I, I'm I'm telling myself it wasn't. It, it seemed pretty authentic. We've seen Bianca get pretty emotional a couple times in the past, and to the point where you can't you can't fake that kind of emotion. So, be that as it may, I just want to put it out there. But I do think it was authentic. But keep keep your eye out, WWE. I've got my eye on you. Don't go faking me out with fake emotion anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing in this match that really to me was like the perfect element to it is the hair whip whip crack oh, oh, God. we see that saying. could do this in the past i think even as far back as nxt yeah this one was by far the loudest most just painful sounding whip how do you think they get how does she get that sound and i'm trying to figure that out how do they how do they it's it's so weird. Know. when you something in there whip, when you crack a whip that's actually yeah. the sound it makes yeah that's what it sounds like thing. but is there like, something in her hair I don't know. It could be. It could be. Gotta be. Um, Did you see that welt? 
Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. actually about to say so. And you know, it was legit because you see Sasha's side after the match is over and it was just at least a Dude. foot long welt on her side. What if they like undo the braid and like turn it inside out kind of and there's like leather yes. in her <laughs> it hair like or something? Be some kind of leather. It's in like there. a belt. It's going to oh be like God. Greg yeah. Valentine's uh, uh, chin brace. It's going to be like viewed as a weapon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody's going to cut that thing off someday. Mark my words. Oh, there but, you go. It's coming. It's, it sounded like two, two, two by fours just getting clapped Cracked together. together yep. yes. oh, it is crazy. So and you know what I like about that best? It's like she kind of did that a lot when she started off in NXT. Mm-hmm. But they've really resisted recently. Like, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but she hasn't done that a whole lot on the main roster, which I'm really glad because yep, like, it, yeah. it made that moment with Sasha just so much more like, oh, damn, that was so yeah. good. Well, yeah. and I think in storyline, too, what made this match so great, or well, one of the things that made it so great is leading up to that whip crack, Sasha keeps grabbing the ponytail mm-hmm. and using it to try mm-hmm. and move Bianca around. But then in the end, you see Bianca go, Oh, well, I'll just use this and then you get the whip crack. So really right. subtle build up to a really great spot. And yeah, Steve, I totally agree with you. Like it was overused a little bit for a while, I think, but mm-hmm. it's kind of nice that they calm down with it for a while and then bring yeah. it out for something like this. That's why yeah, she, you don't overdo things. Yeah, she used it a lot in NXT and like yeah. she hasn't used it in a long time, like her first year, I think. She yeah. hasn't been using it that much at all. I love when they actually show restraint and don't overdo something. Yeah. You know, it was a nice little moment too. I saw this just this afternoon, but they showed Sasha Banks laying on the um, ground outside the ring after the match. And she was still sort of quasi selling her injuries, but she also was breaking into this huge smile. Like she was so happy for uh, Bianca, which I just thought was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I that's, that was yeah, cool too. I yeah, saw that. Yeah. Super cool. And I just think that's, that speaks volumes about, uh, Sasha doing, you know, doing what's best for the business. Absolutely. Big time. And business was good. Night one of WrestleMania. It really got me hyped for night two. Uh, but we're going to we're going to give you that episode this coming Thursday. I bet you'd like to hear lots about night two. Well, guess what? You're going to wait. But you know what's even better? You're not going to have to wait long because this is going to be Thursday. It's a bonus episode. Bonus. How many times since we've started this show has there been two episodes in a week? That's how big this week is. Stay hungry, stay humble, and stay Stay hard. hard. Triple H! Triple H! Like and follow us like and follow us on Spotify and Instagram, people. Woo! That was a good promo, Woo! Steve. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Catch us on Thursday. Peace. Peace.